Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This is going to be for um, Isaiah chapter 29. This is going to be the same as 2 Nephi 27. And uh, most of this, the changes that you'll notice are out of the Joseph Smith translation, uh, most of which agree with the Book of Mormon. Alrighty. Verses 1 through 10, Jerusalem to be brought down by the Lord. Jerusalem is sometimes used as a generic name, not just the city, but of the entire nation. These first few verses are not just of Jerusalem, but of another people from Jerusalem, the Nephites. Woe to Ariel. Hebrew, hearth of God, i.e. the temple, translated as the altar in Ezekiel 43.15, second clause, to Ariel, Jerusalem, the city where David dwelt, Jerusalem, add ye year to year, let them kill sacrifices. Orson Pratt said, after the Messiah came and was sacrificed for the sins of the world, the Jews continued to kill sacrifices when they should have been done away. They added year to year to the law of Moses. Keep on doing what you're doing, it will do you no good. When Titus attacked Jerusalem in A.D. 66, 1,100,000 Jews were killed and blood literally flowed in the streets. Verse 2, Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it, the Nephites, shall be unto Ariel, it shall become a proper Zion. That I, the Lord, will camp against her round about, and will lay siege against her with a mount, and I will raise forts against her, you'll be chastened until you repent. And she, the Nephite Israelites and the Jaredites, shall be brought down and shall speak out of the ground, and her speech shall be low out of the dust, and and her voice shall be as of one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground, and her speech shall whisper out of the dust. The dead Nephites are Israelite brothers who came out of Jerusalem, and the Jaredites speak to us from the dust to warn this nation." Verse 5, Moreover, the multitude of her strangers, Gentiles, shall be like small dust, and the multitude of the terrible ones, the soldiers, shall be as chaff that passeth away, or countless, yea, it shall be at an instant suddenly. A careful reading of this scripture, particularly when read together with Nephi's explanation, would indicate that the term, it hath a familiar spirit, means that this record, the Book of Mormon, would speak with a familiar voice to those who already have the Bible. In other words, Nephi is evidently saying here that the doctrinal teachings of the Book of Mormon shall seem familiar to people who had already read and accepted the Bible. Also, I think that the language of the Book of Mormon will sound familiar to the Bible because that's what Joseph Smith did. He made it sound like the King James Version. Verse 6, For they, Israel's enemies, shall be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. And the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel, even all that fight against her and her munition, and that distress her, shall be as a dream of a night vision. Yea, it shall be unto them as when a hungry man who dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty, or like a thirsty man who dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite, yea, even so shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Persecutors of the saints are never satisfied, they always want more. 
Verse 9, For behold, all ye that do iniquity, stay yourselves in wonder, for ye shall cry out and cry, yea, ye shall be drunken, but not with wine, ye shall stagger, but not with strong drink, no prophets to lead them. Verse 10, For behold, the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, or spiritual darkness. For behold, ye have closed your eyes, and ye have rejected the prophets and your rulers, and the seers hath he covered because of your iniquity. Verses 11 to 14, the Book of Mormon, a marvelous work and a wonder. Remember I said that this was the JST, so this is going to be the JST 11 to 26. And it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall bring forth unto you the words of a book, and they shall be the words of them which have slumbered, the Jaredites and the Nephites. And behold, the book shall be sealed, in the, and in the book shall be a revelation from God from the beginning of the world to the ending thereof. This is emphasized three times through verse 16. Wherefore, because of the things which are sealed up, the things which are sealed up shall not be delivered in the day of the wickedness and abominations of the people. Wherefore, the book shall be kept from them. The sealed portion will be revealed in the Lord's own time, but not in the day of wickedness. But the book shall be delivered unto a man, Joseph Smith, and he shall deliver the words of the book which are writ, which are the words of those who have slumbered in the dust, and he shall deliver these words unto another. Martin Harris delivered the words to Charles Anthon. But the words that are sealed by the but the words that are sealed he shall not deliver, neither shall he deliver the book. For the book shall be sealed by the power of God, and the revelation which was sealed shall be kept in the book until his own due time of the Lord, until the own due time of the Lord. The sealed portion will come forth in the Lord's timetable, that they may come forth, for behold, they reveal all things from the foundation of the world unto the end thereof. And the day cometh that the words of the book which were sealed shall be read upon the housetops, and they shall be read by the power of Christ. And all things shall be revealed unto the children of men, which ever sh ever have been among the children of men, and which ever will be, even unto the end of the earth. Wherefore, at that day, when the book shall be delivered unto the man of whom I have spoken, Joseph Smith, the book shall be hid from the eyes of the world, that the eyes of none shall behold it, save it be that three witnesses, and we know those to be David Whitmer, Martin Harris, and Oliver Cowdery, shall behold it by the power of God besides him to whom the book shall be delivered. And they shall testify to the truth of the book and the things thereof. The testimony of the three witnesses is in the front of every copy of the Book of Mormon. And there is none other which shall view it, save it be a few. Eight others, uh, Christian Whitmer, De, uh, Jacob Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr., John Whitmer, Hiram Page, Joseph Smith Sr., Hiram Smith, and Samuel Smith according to the will of God to bear witness or to bear testimony of his word unto the children of men for the Lord hath the Lord God hath said that the words of the faithful shall speak as if as it were from the dead wherefore the Lord God will proceed to bring forth the words of the book and in the mouth of as many witnesses as seemeth him good others may also behold the plates Joseph and Emma Smith Oliver Cowdery lived in the home of Peter and, and Mary Whitmer David Whitmer's parents for a time during the translation of the Book of Mormon. Much of the extra work of having these guests fell on Mary Whitmer, but she never complained. One day, as she went out to the barn to milk the cows, she met a kindly old man who was actually the angel Moroni, who had the plates at that time. Moroni said to her, You have been very faithful and diligent in your labors, but you are tired because of the increase of your toil. It is proper, therefore, that you should receive a witness that your faith may be strengthened. Then he showed her the gold plates. This experience strengthened the whole Whitmer family. Will he establish his word, and woe be unto him that rejecteth the word of God. But unto but behold, it shall come to pass that the Lord God sh will, shall stay him, shall say unto him, to whom he shall deliver the books, 
or the book, take these words which are not sealed and deliver them to another that he may show them unto the learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. This is going to Charles Anthon. Israelites who are spiritually dead. Okay, uh, down to verse 21. And the Lord shall say, Bring hither the book, and I will read them. And now because of the glory of the world, and to get gain will they say this, and not for the glory of God. And the man shall say, I cannot bring the book, for it is sealed. Then shall the learned say, I cannot read it. During the meeting between Martin Harris and Charles Anthon, Anthon asked Harris to deliver the gold plates to him so that he could translate them. Harris replied that part of the plates were sealed and that he was forbidden to bring them, to which Anthon replied, I cannot read a sealed book. Wherefore, I, it shall come to pass that the Lord God will deliver again the book and the words thereof to him that is not learned. And the man that is not learned shall say, I am not learned. Then shall the Lord God say to, unto him, The learned shall not read them, for they have rejected them. And I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore, thou shalt read the words which I shall give unto thee. Touch not the things which are sealed, for I will give... So, for I will bring them forth in mine own due time, for I will show unto the children of men that I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore, when thou hast read the words which I have commanded thee, and obtained the witnesses which I have promised unto thee, then shalt thou seal up the book again, and hide it up unto me. After the translation of the plates, Moroni took the plates back from Joseph Smith, that I may preserve the words which, which thou hast read, until I shall see fit in mine own wisdom to reveal all things unto the children of men. For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. And again it shall come to pass that the Lord shall say unto him that, that shall read the words that shall be delivered him, for as much as this people draw near unto me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Precepts of men, therefore I will proceed to do a marvelous work among the, this people, yea, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise and learned shall perish, and the understanding of their prudence shall be hid. Verse 27, And woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. I'm sorry, uh, these verses 27 to 32 in the Joseph Smith translation are regarding the meek uh, that rejoice in the Book of Mormon. And woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? And they also say, Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. But behold, I will show unto them, saith the Lord of hosts, that I know all their works. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? When it talks about uh, that everything is being turned upside down, that also means a foolish perversion of the truth. But behold, saith the Lord of hosts, I will show unto the children of men that it is not yet a very little while after the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and Lebanon, the Holy Land, shall be turned in, into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. Israel will blossom after the restoration. The turning of Lebanon into a fruitful field, or I should say the beginning of the restoration. Because we know from President Nelson that the restoration is ongoing and lots of things yet to happen. The turning of Lebanon into a fruitful field seems to be a sign for the earth's inhabitants that the Book of Mormon has come forth. Marky e. Peterson said, Not only did the prophets predict the Book of Mormon's appearance, but Isaiah set a limit on the time of its publication. That time limit was related to the period when fertility would return to Palestine. Israel said that the book would come forth first 
Isaiah said that the Book of Mormon would come first, then and then added that a little while, that a very little while, Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. The time limit has expired. This new volume of Scripture must have come forth by now, or Isaiah was not a true prophet, for Palestine is fruitful again. Verse 30 or 18, and, and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. As a result of the Book of Mormon, the restoration, the spiritual, spiritually deaf and blind will be healed. President Benson said, There is a power in the book which will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin a serious study of the book. You will find greater power in, to resist temptation. You will find the power to avoid deception. You will find the power to stay on the straight and narrow path. This is a continuation of verse 30. And the, meek also, and the meek also shall increase, and their joy shall be in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. The righteous will know the Savior again. For assuredly as the Lord liveth, they shall see that the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. The restored truth will eventually expose wickedness and overthrow it. And they that make a man an offender for a word, or by unjust lawsuits and corrupt judicial systems, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, the place of public transactions, try to eliminate honest people in government, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught, replace truth and honesty with lies. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall, now, shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. Jacob will no longer have to be embarrassed by the wicked behavior of, of his posterity. The Book of Mormon will cause his offspring to keep the commandments and will know the gospel well because of the Book of Mormon. And when he seeth his children, posterity, the work of mine hands, or my hands, who are finally righteous in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel, or stand in awe of the God of Israel. Israel, Israel will return to God in the last days. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. By way of the Book of Mormon and restoration of the church, Orson Pratt taught, Oh, how precious must be the contents of a book which shall deliver us from all the errors taught by the precepts of uninspired men. Oh, how gratifying to, to poor, ignorant, erring mortals who have murmured because of the multiplicity of contradictory doctrines that have perplexed and distracted their minds, to read the plain and precious and pure pure word of God revealed in the Book of Mormon. And uh, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. You see a lot of things about the Book of Mormon in that chapter? Hmm, I wonder. Anyway, see you next time. Bye.